0: hello all this is blonde haired girl and I made it to San Diego (laughs) I did I made it I am I am in my Airbnb and it's been interesting here it the beaches are still closed it is it is the 24th of April 2020 and the beaches are still closed and it's sort of a mixture of people wearing um wearing masks and not wearing masks. I did get over the border with no issue whatsoever and I have a mask with me just in case. One of the things that happened when I got here that I thought was sort of interesting was I the Airbnb wasn't ready yet and I had to go to the bathroom <laughs> and um there were no bathrooms available like I went into Target and I couldn't use the bathroom (laughs) Uh, I went into several places and there was no access to restrooms and so I ended up walking around and and I of course I my bladder did not burst (laughs) luckily um but it was it was a really interesting experience for me to like not be able to pee <laughs> but uh um i had i had actually done an entire podcast and i erased it because the quality of it was so poor not that my podcasts are incredibly well done i'm i'm going to admit to that but i had I was doing the podcast while driving um, I was really inspired I I have been back at this thought about food again I I've been really really thinking about it a lot especially during this pandemic uh, it's been something that has actually sort of permeated through through my life I as a Vegetarian, I've been a vegetarian off and on uh, nearly my whole life. And I, and people often made fun of me, you know, because they would ask me why I'm a vegetarian. And I would tell them because I love animals. And, and, um, people often thought that was a really, really, like, I guess, a strange thing. Um, but I've never been one that just because I was told something, I believed it to be true. I tend to be kind of um, like I don't just just believe something just because it's told to me, and so uh, I've been a bit of an odd duck regarding food for a very long time. And about about fifteen years ago, actually, it was it was. Um, I was visiting Maine. Um, I was I was at actually a farmhouse in Maine, like a two hundred year old farmhouse in Maine, um, and I had read Michael Pollan's book. The Omnivore's Dilemma. It was one of my favorite books that I had ever read and I thought it was super interesting to be reading it at, at this farm. It wasn't a working farm, but there were working farms that were around us at the time and it, it was around Thanksgiving, I remember, because the the man who owned the farm had collected a few turkeys and had suggested, you know, um, not me, but somebody in the group that I was with, um, would be able to actually shoot one of the turkeys, and, and we could, like, mail it home and eat it, (laughs) which I thought was, like, a super interesting idea. I mean, I, it was, like, better to me than, you know, the slaughter of turkeys around Thanksgiving. The stuff that we've come up with, I just think is so interesting. It could be that back when, you know, there were just too many turkeys, and so they decided to make turkeys slaughtered this time of year around Thanksgiving every year for for the good of the whole. I don't know, like where do these traditions get started that you have to have a turkey for Thanksgiving and um but anyway so (laughs) so the reason part of the reason why I was so inspired to do the podcast as I was driving was because I was um I was driving by through these farms like there was this one farm that I drove by that had all of these cows that were just roaming through the pastures and these cows were so incredibly happy like you could tell like there was this one there were these two cows that i saw today and one of them was like rubbing his whoever was face they were rubbing faces and it was so sweet and there were a couple of actual babies there were like two like really really small babies and then I actually saw some baby horses on top of it. Like these tiny little horses. And I got to thinking about the difference between that and, and the production of animals for meat. And, and how radically different the lives of these cows are. So something else that I've been thinking about I I had seen this this YouTube um from Joaquin Phoenix. He had done this YouTube um and he's a vegan and he and his family I'm thinking not just like his wife I'm thinking like family that he grew up with. Um grew up in um they were vegans and he was um. Taught, he, he had done this documentary and I had this, like, I'm really, really glad that I didn't see the whole of whatever it was that he was was doing because what I did see was incredibly upsetting to me. And that was a little baby cow running after his mother. They were taking his mother away or her mother. I don't know if it was a female or male baby cow, but it was running after a truck that was taking his or her mother. And it was very upsetting to me personally. Um, But one of the things that Joaquin Phoenix had talked about in in this documentary was us taking cow milk from like baby cows. And I really got to thinking about that. I got to thinking about milk. (laughs) I know, the topics I think about, oh my gosh. Anyway, so, I, you know, and I had been told this before, this idea about milk, like people had said, you know, that that there's no other species that drinks the milk of another species and I got to thinking about that and and I, I'm not entirely sure that that's true I I'm not sure that that's true I I'm you know um but I got to thinking about my experience on um, as a mother I I was not able to nurse my my two older children. I just couldn't do it um long story won't even get into it but my my youngest child i i nursed I was very very lucky to be able to nurse him and he he was um a really 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 social little person <laughs> he was he was uh he was extremely happy and just like the neatest little little person and he just and i nursed him for about a year in of his life and he actually slept with me he um and and you know and that's a whole other um topic having been in early childhood and i i am neither condoning nor discouraging co sleeping um but there there's been all of these um campaigns against co-sleeping because of children who have passed away from being smothered or you know other reasons Uh, and not even getting into that but something that had struck me really strangely about us is that we do put our children at a very very like in infancy into another room into another bed to sleep like away from us and 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 i'm and i'm i'm gonna say that i i don't know this verbatim but it just seems like a lot of species don't do that like they don't they don't set their babies into a whole different space to sleep but my my child my youngest he slept with me and <laughs> and actually slept with me for many years i was kind of embarrassed to tell people how you know um but he he was a very very social little thing and 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 now he's so funny he's like mom i can't sleep with anyone else <laughs> like I just don't even know if I would be able to sleep if somebody else was there but when he was really little he he really was very quite social and and the bonding between a mother and child and and I will say like even with bottle feeding the bonding between who the caretaker and the child the caretaker and the child even with a bottle like a dad can can like bond with their child through feeding through food like like the eating of food the the creating it the the cooking of it the getting the material the ingredients to make recipes then the sitting together and talking and the intentionality of, of preparing the meal, but the whole thing is just such a bonding process, and and like and then the bottle itself. Like I remember, and here's another thing as an early childhood educator that it was like really, really, the medical community was just like you, you do not the baby should never have a bottle after a year old. And I had a number of children who really had a hard time with that and parents being extremely embarrassed and like hiding the fact that they were giving their baby a bottle after a year old from me. I I would go into parents' homes to coach them on their child's development and a lot of times they would actually hide from me the fact that they were Bottle feeding because their doctor had told them to stop, and I had like had these conversations with parents like I didn't have as much of a problem with it because I really feel like it it is is incredibly soothing and it's like it's it's an attachment it's like it's not just like like the like the the bottle it's the time, it's the attention it's the parent slowing down to sit and feed their child and that the child that is that is really happening and and there's just all of these 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 um ideas that are thrown around about this but um so i had had this um this friend in my life this person that i had known and she had actually been a surrogate she had, she had had a baby for another family and after she had the baby and she gave them the baby she she to pumped her milk for an extended period of time for as long as she could and she collected the milk and she stored it and she I don't know if she sold it or she gave it to people who could use it this breast milk and and I just I just think about that that another baby was able to get the advantages of her milk and and that the milk that would come from a family farm would be totally different than the milk from a production line of a dairy farm, like a production dairy farm, which is what I believe that Joaquin Phoenix was speaking about. And so in the town that I live in I have been going to the farmers market for a while. For actually years. I've been going to the farmers market and and I had I had learned a while back about the advantages to drinking and eating dairy that was grass-fed, not not corn fed. And this partly came from from um, Michael Pollan's book, The Omnivore's Dilemma. <laughs> and I'm going to get back to his book in a minute because one of the things that has been really, really exciting me is this idea that we may actually start now from this virus, from this shutdown of the world in a way, but especially in the United States, and come to more of a reliance on the family farm and the smaller farmer and farmers' markets. So, so what happened in my town is that we weren't able to go to the farmer's market. So they started taking orders online. So they take these orders online and then you go and you drive through. You pay for it online and then you drive through and they, and they have your order for you. And I had gone last weekend and there was this really long line of cars. And so I had asked this woman who was directing traffic and she said every single week it has literally doubled in size. And I when I was driving off I was just so incredibly excited about this idea that this may actually take root that we would support these farmers and that they would be able to support us and keep us in these healthy foods, and it helps them and it helps us. I I had been getting my, and I don't eat meat, but my children do, and I cannot, I refuse to make that decision for them. And so my my boys, they eat um, beef, and 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 also chicken. I don't eat chicken and I don't eat beef. And but I buy it at the farmers market for them. And and I also buy the bread and I I've I bought milk. The last time they had it for for sale and I bought this gallon of whole milk. And And I just got to thinking about the nutrients in milk. Like, you know, so over the last few couple weeks, another thing that has happened is is that in our town, they are providing these school lunches for children under 18 to come and get a nutritious breakfast and lunch so it has enough food for breakfast and lunch and so I have a child under 18 so I've been going and I've been getting this this meal and also for neighbors and every single time it has milk in it and I remember I remember when my children were little and their pediatrician telling me that I had to go straight from from like formula or nursing to milk and i was always just really kind of against that like i i i i don't know why i just was such an odd duck i mean i just was like i didn't believe that um but i there there is so much nutrition in milk And, and so I, so, and, and then also eggs, I, I used to work in Phoenix and in, in this area that was really, really Southwest Phoenix. It was like way out there and I would drive by and there was this smell that I had never experienced before in my life. Honestly, I had never experienced anything so putrid. I mean, just putrid. And I found out that it was a um it was a chicken like an egg hatching scenario. And it was horrible and I never bought those eggs again. I would never buy those eggs again. So I I railed against that, and I ended up going to farm fresh eggs, finding farm fresh eggs, whether it be at the farmer's market or there's a place in the town I live in that I'm able to get farm fresh eggs. And in fact, sometimes the feathers are still on the eggs when I buy them. And these are like really, really happy hens. And, and... And so it's been something that has been very, very important to me. And people have made fun of me over over the years about this. But it just seems true to me that an animal that has been taken care of and that is happy would have happier nutrients coming out of it, including the milk from cows. I was thinking about... About India I was thinking about how in India the cow is revered they don't eat cow and they revere cows but I also noticed that there's a lot of dairy in Indian cuisine a lot of dairy and so I'm guessing that the milk in in india is probably fairly healthy <laughs> so okay so this is another thing that i've like thought about quite a bit over is the idea of what we eat and like right now it's really really kind of a hot topic because To my knowledge, and I could be wrong about this, they think that this this virus came from eating bats. Like, I don't know if it was like some kind of bat soup or whatever, but in China, they eat bats. And it's sort of a weird thing for me because I absolutely love bats. I live by a by a um, a golf course and certain times of the year at dusk when I when I walk I see all of these bats and they're just the way that they that they move is so different than a bird that you can tell they're a bat and they they are on this feeding frenzy because they're eating all these mosquitoes, <laughs> and and so it's so weird to me that anybody would eat a bat. It's so weird to me, and then like I've heard also that um, that they eat um, dogs. I've heard that. I don't know if it's true or not, but I've heard that they there are people who actually protest. They they have some kind of dog eating festival or something, and they um, people have been rescuing dogs from this event. And um, but then people from India would think that we're pretty awful for eating cows. I mean, it sort of seems like it's sort of in the eye of the beholder <laughs> the animals that we that we hold dear, and it just so happens that I absolutely love cows. I don't know why I just but I think that they have a really sophisticated social structure. they seem to to, like, bond. They seem to bond. And I don't know, maybe all animals bond. I don't know. Culturally, we've been, like, taught that animals are somehow a lesser species or less valuable than we are. And that they're they're not as intelligent. And I would say, otherwise i wouldn't agree with that they seem really really so loving i i watch a lot of animal rescues i watch animal rescues about every day and i've just been seeing more and more of these amazing encounters of humans with these animals like whales and koala bears and kangaroos and us it seems like animals asking us for help like because of like sea creatures asking us for help because they've gotten tangled in something and they they go by a scuba diver for help and I they just seem so incredibly intelligent to me and so one of the things is that I feel like we have this prime opportunity To start to like really, really support local farmers markets and possibly move away from this production farming where animals are treated terribly. They are treated so badly that we can't even talk about it because it's so horrific. It's so bad how they are treated. Animals. And so, so that is what I really, really wanted to share about this idea of milk and how excited that I am that a good I think that many good things are going to come out of this world event that has changed our lives and I hope that this will be a change that will be lasting and it really is a win-win. It's a win for the animals and it's a win for us to have the opportunity to have healthier food. And I, that's just what I wanted to share. <laughs> and I will be back with other topics. And that's a wrap.